Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Gail Trotter, hear the truth from right inside D.C. It's Gail Trotter, stomping through the swamp for you in heels. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. I've been following the Roger Stone case for a long time, and we had some recent developments in, the ca in this case. It was shocking that the Department of Justice recommended many, many years of imprisonment for Roger Stone on his convictions, and we had interesting news that the Department of Justice reversed the sentencing recommendation by their lower level prosecutors in this case. And I think that the media is getting this story exactly backwards and the political pundits are getting this story exactly backwards. They are telling you that the case is about politics, politicization, and about power. But their thesis is that the politicization is President Trump intervening in the sentence recommendation for Roger Stone, or that the political action is that the Department of Justice at the higher level is intervening in the sentencing recommendation of Roger Stone. Well, it's just the opposite. Any sentient being looking at the history of the Roger Stone investigation and prosecution would understand that the investigation and the prosecution of Roger Stone was politically motivated. You look back at where Roger Stone even came into this entire purview of the Department of Justice, and it was as a part of the investigations into President Trump's campaign, and we saw with the Mueller investigation and the report issued by the Mueller investigation that the only evidence of interference and using outside Russian operatives or foreign operatives was by the Democratic National Committee, by the Hillary Clinton campaign through Christopher Steele, through the Dirty Dossier, through Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson. And so the media keeps pushing this narrative in any story that comes up about anybody affiliated or associated with President Trump, and yet it's projection by the media and by the Democrats because the true political nature of the Roger Stone case was that he was investigated solely because he was affiliated with President Trump, with the campaign, and they were trying so hard to reverse the votes of 60 million Americans who decided that candidate Trump would be the best man to fill the Oval Office and work on behalf of America's forgotten man and for forgotten woman. And so there has been an attempt at the highest levels of our DC swamp in the deep state to try and throw President Trump out of office. And if they're not able to accomplish that, to discredit him, to hobble him, to make sure that President Trump is not able to fulfill his agenda. So look back at the case of Roger Stone. Think about the investigation that started with him. It's very similar to the process crimes we saw Michael Flynn 
who was charged with process crimes and ended up pleading guilty to them, it was all an outgrowth of the investigation of supposed Russian interference on behalf of the Trump campaign. And we saw the same with Paul Manafort. And the media loves to talk about how many of President Trump's associates or you know people he's said hello to or taken a selfie with or had any interaction whatsoever with. The media loves to report that, but they don't love to report that Paul Manafort, the crimes that he was convicted of, had nothing to do with the 2016 presidential campaign. They stemmed from other occurrences in other years. And this is another example of this with Roger Stone. And there's another similarity between the treatment of Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. I wrote a piece, which I will link to down below, talking about how the pre-dawn raid of Paul Manafort's home, where his wife was sleeping too, was very out of the normal, out of the uh, normal practice of police raids. And um, when you go into a house with guns drawn in, and very early in the morning, it's very disorienting and there's a high chance that it can be misinterpreted or someone could get hurt. Usually you reserve those types of raids when you think someone is a flight risk or you think that they're, you are investigating them or you think there's a, a violent um, action that you're investigating, but it was completely out of the order for Paul Manafort. Then we saw the same thing with Roger Stone. And the weirdest, most troubling aspect, I would say, as an outside observer of this, was that CNN was tipped off before the raid of Roger Stone's residence. And they were set up with their camera crews before the raid took place. And that just had a real bad smell to it because the idea that the law enforcement would basically be derelict in its duty in leaking this information to CNN to try and turn public opinion against someone who is presumed innocent at that point is deeply, deeply troubling. So I would argue that the media is saying that Roger Stone, the, the changing of his sentencing, uh, sentencing rec recommendation by the prosecutors, the media and the Democrats are trying to say that it was political to change that recommendation. But the truth is the investigation and the prosecution and the sentence recommendation of a, an excessive, excessive recommendation for Roger Stone for the crimes that he was convicted of, that is what is political in this case. Then you're going to hear another thesis offered by the media and the Democrats that the situation related to the change of the sentencing recommendation is related to power and that it's a misuse of presidential power and it's a misuse by General Attorney General Barr of his elevated position in the Department of Justice to intervene in this sentencing recommendation put forward by the lower level prosecutors. Yet again, the media has this story exactly backwards. The problem was the power being exerted by the lower level prosecutors 
who are beholden to the authority of the Attorney General. The Attorney General is the chief law enforcement officer in the entire country, and it is his duty to uphold the Constitution. It is his duty to make sure that law is uh, enacted fairly and um, through the execution of it. And when you think about these prosecutors, you can't help but think about the other people in the Department of Justice, in the FBI, Think of James Comey, think of Andrew McCabe, think of Lisa Page, think of Peter Strzok, think of these people who, through no fault of their own because they were trying to conceal this information, they revealed very candidly to each other that they had a great animus against President Trump and his administration. So when you look at the prosecutors who may, recommended such an uh, excessive sentence for the judge to consider against Roger Stone, you have to take that into account. And while DC is DC and you have people who are civil servants who work for different administrations and you can't necessarily assume that just because they worked for the Obama administration or the Clinton administration or the Bush administration that they have certain political positions, that's, that's not always the case. In this case, the prosecutors have impressive liberal credentials and I'm going to link to this piece by American Greatness down below which is a really excellent piece talking about how these prosecutors when the word came down from higher up in the Department of Justice that the sentencing recommendation was excessive and they were going to change the recommendation they withdrew from the case essentially probably trying to communicate that they were in protest of it. But two of these prosecutors, Aaron Zelinsky and Adam C. Jed, were both former members of Robert Mueller's team in his, what we call the witch hunt that went nowhere, but certainly cost taxpayers a lot and certainly hampered what President Trump was able to accomplish, even though he did accomplish a lot. Uh, it certainly uh, affected the ability that he had to continue to enact his agenda. And we have uh, also many other um, examples of where these prosecutors have decided that they want to advance their own agenda. I would say, I think the facts speak to that. And when you think about the power differential between a prosecutor, they, we have this problem so often in Washington, D.C. We saw this with uh, many other officials in the Trump administration. They think that they're the people in charge. And they're not the people in charge. They're civil servants. They are people who have been hired for particular jobs. And if they don't do a good job or if they seem to be political, politically motivated, it's not only the power and the right of the president and the attorney general to remove them, it's the responsibility because they are not fulfilling their job. They're not being impartial. They're not making sure that all Americans have the same uh, rights that other people have. So we also saw this, this effort too by President Trump. He has withdrawn the nomination 
of another woman who was behind the Flynn and the Stone prosecutions, and she had been nominated to become the third in line at the Department of Treasury. And I think one thing that conservatives sometimes fault President Trump for is that he wasn't able, when he came into office, just to fire everybody on day one, people who were certainly not going to be behind his administration and his agenda, number one being James Comey. People didn't really understand why he didn't fire James Comey the first day. Uh, so it is, it is a good development to see that President Trump is deciding to take all of these things into account and not elevate these people who are not worthy of being elevated. So that's the second thing that the media gets wrong in this whole analysis of the Roger Stone case. The first thing was that the media was saying it was political, but it's not political by President Trump and it's not political by the Attorney General Bill Barr. It's political by the lower level people who decided to investigate them and then have this ridiculous sentencing recommendation. Secondly, it's about power, but it's about lower level people trying to take the power onto themselves and not respecting the power of the president and the power of the attorney general. And I think that's a really important point too. Uh, the Department of Justice put it out there that the sentence recommendation that these lower level prosecutors recommended to the court was not what was communicated to their superiors at the Department of Justice. So it certainly seems like these prosecutors went rogue hoping that the Department of Justice superiors would not want to get out there and pull them back because they would be afraid of the media firestorm that it would create, which of course it did and they decided to take that gamble, but fortunately it did not pay off for them. Uh, finally, I think it's really important to know how the Democratic politicians are reacting to this. You're already seeing Chuck Schumer calling for an investigation by the Inspector General. You're seeing Speaker Nancy Pelosi calling for an investigation of how the sentence could have been reduced. And so even though the impeachment ended with the acquittal forever of President Donald Trump, you see that the Democrats are not giving up. They're going to continue to try and find anything that they can do to investigate this president, investigate his administration, hold him up, and make him vulnerable in the November 2020 presidential election. And when you think about that, in relation to the media and that they have their allies in the mainstream media who are going to push these stories out there continuously. Take that with a grain of salt and realize that the media, the story the media is trying to sell you and me is exactly backwards. The political motivation was against Trump supporters and against Roger Stone and the power re resides with the president and with the attorney general and with the superior people in the Department of Justice, which ultimately means that you as the American voter, you retain the power. And I think we're gonna continue to follow this story because I don't think the Democrats or the media are going to give up on this. This is Gail Trotter, right in DC.
Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. And listen to her show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show. You can't handle the truth.